You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Bunker, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Welcome back to yet another episode of Beside the Badge. I'm your host, Paul Buckner, uh, veteran police chaplain and uh, and friend of law enforcement. I want to talk today about should should veterans, military veterans, become law enforcement. This is a a really good topic to cover. Maybe you're a veteran, or maybe maybe you've heard people talk about the fact that everyone who goes into law enforcement should be a veteran first. And there's definitely, there's some things to unpack here, as my friend Mike Scully with uh, the Church Safety Guys says. So before we get into this, I want to talk about a couple of things here. Uh, on my wall behind me, I'm starting to get some patches in, and uh, which is a pretty exciting thing to have going on. Uh, I'm starting to get some patches in from different departments. They're, they're contacting me, hitting me up through email, through uh through a messenger. I signed up for a parlor account yesterday and uh, soon you will see a presence for beside the badge on parlor. I'm even looking at me, we, but on YouTube, you can leave a comment and uh, hit me up and we can get together on getting a patch on my wall behind me off to my left. If you're listening to this, you can't see this wall, but it is actually soundproofed and it is going to be filled with patches. So I wanted to say thank you to those who've been sending me patches. And uh, I'd love to hear where you're from. If you can't see this over here behind me on my right, there is a cork board that is going to represent with little tacks. It's going to represent where people listen all over the country. So I'm excited about that. I've actually picked up a couple of listeners overseas, which is interesting. I think I saw in my demographics, there was somebody listening in Hong Kong. And I thought, how, how interesting. I'd love to talk to them at some point and see what makes them what makes them want to listen and what makes them enjoy the podcast. So, should veterans become law enforcement? Well, first off, I'm not a fan of making it mandatory that someone has to be a veteran to become law enforcement. And here's why. You have people that they are they are Americans, they're patriots, they want to be in the military. And we don't we don't make them go through a bunch of hoops before they can go through uh, and actually apply. We don't make them jump through enormous hoops before they actually go through uh, a selection process. Um, unfortunately, sometimes people get this idea that if everybody went through the military, we would never have police violence. I don't think they know people who have ever served in the military. Um, and I, I, I say this as someone who is a civilian police chaplain, and I also do chaplain work with veterans. One of the interesting things about what I do is a lot of people who are in law enforcement are veterans, and I've got some firefighters and people that I talk to and work with that are also uh, veterans. And uh, I recently, well, this is coming up on the second anniversary of his death, I buried a friend who's a Marine, and he he told me at one point I was helping him with some different things. Um, he had actually served at Camp Lejeune back in the early 80s and had gotten very, very sick when the uh, apparently some fuel leaked into the potable water and it made a lot of Marines sick, ultimately cost the lives of a lot of Marines. And he said, you know, you're my chaplain too, right? And I'd never really thought of it that way, but I'm like, absolutely, not a problem. And 
so I've done work with people who are veterans and and law enforcement, and there's a lot of similarities, but there's some differences, and I want to talk about those, and I want to talk about the good and the bad of what that looks like for veterans who want to serve in the military. And, and by the way, I've had law enforcement who have decided they want to go into the military. Um, I work with several police officers who are currently in the military. They are reserve or similar uh, National Guard and similar, and uh, we got some pretty high-speed National Guardsmen anymore. Didn't used to be that way. Uh, but we got some very, very high-speed National Guardsmen where they are actually training our regular military, our regular army and similar, uh, because they've been deployed overseas and served. So let's take a couple of different directions on this. First and foremost, you've got, you've got, uh, do I believe it should be mandatory that someone is a veteran before they go into law enforcement? People have this idea that going into the, the military for four years uh, somehow magically completely prepares you for law enforcement. And unfortunately, that's laughable. Um, I, you know, they don't teach Marines to deescalate. And if a, Malin, if a Marine tells you to get on the ground now, they mean it. And they are bred for war. They are taught to fight and win wars. They are not. They are not there to hand out speeding tickets. And I actually talked to several of my friends who spent time in the Marine Corps. And I, I met a, a young man. I uh, was working a security detail, and he was there uh, as as the the law enforcement aspect of that security detail. And we, we had a great conversation while we were watching over people. We had a great conversation about the fact that he had spent uh, time in the Marine Corps. He had actually been Army and then Marine Corps and, uh, and had a lot of great experiences there. And then he went into law enforcement and he said, you know, I was not ready to just leave the military and go into law enforcement. He said, I went out into the private sector and I worked. I did a bunch of different things, and then I, I felt this draw. And a lot of people who are wired as patriots, they're wired to protect, they're wired to serve. They want to go back and, and serve again. And being a firefighter is a way to do that. Being in law enforcement is a way to do that. Now, I think that's awesome. He took the time to uh, reacquaint himself with being a private citizen again because civilian life and military life are very different. And that's one of the hardest things for people to come back to is to come back and adjust. So I think that's phenomenal. I think that's wonderful the way he did it. Um, you have to know yourself and be able to say, I can adjust. I have also talked to veterans who, um, who were not ready and they went immediately into law enforcement. They were combat veterans and they were not ready. And they're like, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I, I treated people on the street as though I was in a war zone. I'm going to sip some delicious Scotch or Six coffee. And they're like, I look back on that and I was way too over the top. And um, then we also have something that, and we'll talk about this more in other podcasts, but you have some people who get addicted to the adrenaline rush. And this happens on both sides of the badge. You've got people who are addicted to the adrenaline rush and they are they drive sports cars or something. Um, they do all kinds of, of very dangerous sports because they're addicted to adrenaline. And um, that's that's not healthy. That's dangerous. You, you have people who are in the military and leaving the military who um, have battled with adrenaline addiction. I've got a good friend that um, he was in the military. I've actually, this has actually happened to several of my friends. Uh, in the military, loved it, loved the high-speed nature of it, came back. Uh, realized that they were 
I don't know if they consciously realized it the first time around that they were addicted to the adrenaline rush of combat, went back as either back into the military or back as contractors uh, into high-risk environments, and then came back uh, and got into law enforcement. And that's where you've got to be careful because if you're addicted to the adrenaline, this is where if you're in law enforcement and you're kicking doors, you can become addicted to the adrenaline. And if you're not careful, you might end up escalating a situation unnecessarily. So that's, that's a very real possibility. That could be a negative aspect of somebody leaving the military and going into law enforcement. And there are personalities who shouldn't necessarily uh, go into law enforcement. If if your heart is not to to protect and serve, and I know that's a cliche, but if your heart is not to help people, if your heart is uh, to control, um, to to look at it as another war to fight, that's not that's not what law enforcement is about. I've seen law enforcement so many times because of the discretion and the latitude you're given, uh, actually be able to look at a situation and go you really don't need arrested. You really need help and actually challenge people and and deal with situations. In some cases they have no choice, but um, to actually have those talks with people, it's not just a matter of capturing people to ship them off to Guantanamo. So I'm going to take a quick sponsor break. This is going to be a short podcast and uh, talk about my sponsors. And uh, then we're going to come back and talk about positive aspects of people who are veterans that want to get into law enforcement. So first and foremost, John Leo Riley with General Response. He teaches de-escalation and is retired law enforcement, keeps his shooting skills up, uh, teaches into the law enforcement community and takes that wealth of knowledge from his career in law enforcement. This is a man who's been in the trenches. This is a man who knows his way around all of the tools of the trade in law enforcement. Uh, and he's teaching the young bucks how to do de-escalation very, very well. He's got gentle response. So check out John Leo Riley on the social medias. Uh, number two, got your six coffee officially sponsors. And I just got a new blend in. Mm. officially sponsors, officially sponsors us here. Uh, And I absolutely love, I love their coffee. The reason I love it, it's not only delicious and award-winning, they've they've won uh, Springfield's best coffee like three years running. And uh, they are beginning to make a splash in the coffee world, but they take their profits and pass what it costs to keep the doors open pass what it costs to keep the, the the bare minimums paid and survive, they give it away to, can you believe it, law enforcement, EMT, paramedic, and veteran causes. And I'm all about that. I've volunteered many times with their organization, helping them do things. And I see them change lives. I see a lot of amazing things happen. So got your six coffee, check them out. Thirdly, Shield Force International. If you're watching this podcast, you can see behind me, there's a Tumblr. I actually got to go to the open house of Shield Force International's new location and uh, got to win a couple door prizes and uh, hang out with them for a little bit. Good people. And uh, one of their new instructors is actually a Marine who I had the privilege of getting in a rubber knife fight. Thank God it was rubber. Uh, They still hurt like a son of a gun, but I got to get into it a rubber knife fight with this guy and uh he's the real deal and uh, he's actually joined their cadre of instructors and uh shout out to you josh you're good people but uh yes shield force international law enforcement training survive uh surviving ambush um he teaches all kinds of different things uh one of the last class that i went to uh was the knife fighting class and i'd love to go again
So if you're in law enforcement, in the law enforcement world or the church security world, you want to come across an instructor that can teach you hand-to-hand -hand, uh, all the way across the board, uh, including firearms training, check out Shield Force International, Matt Combs. He has training and will travel. So let's get back to the podcast. So we've talked about some of the things that can be negative personality traits. And to be fair, negative personality traits are things. We'll talk about this in another podcast, so I don't want to steal too much thunder uh, from that, but there are people who should not go into law enforcement. And there are people who having left uh, the military are not ready to go into law enforcement. Now let's talk about things that can, that can help a person when they go into law enforcement and they are a veteran. So first and foremost, veterans, especially veterans who've been deployed, whether you've been deployed or not, you're used to being bored 99% uh, of the time. You're used to being terrified out of your mind 1% of the time. That's law enforcement. Um, you're used to seeing things where people are, people are in environments um, third world, fourth world environments. You're used to dealing with an environment where people may not like you. So in some aspects that can help you going into law enforcement. You're used to doing raids and different things at night. If you were a, a meat eater in the military, uh, all kinds of wild hours, not getting enough sleep. So that can actually be a blessing, uh, if you're used to those things. And in many cases, the conditions that you'll face deployed are actually worse if you're, you know, if you're off the Ford operating base, you know, if you're outside the green zone and you're actually in a combat environment, a lot of times the environment that you face uh, over in Iraq or Afghanistan or similar is going to be worse than what uh, you'll face in law enforcement. So the level of, of that is going to maybe even help you be like, oh, okay, this isn't a big deal. Now, there are some very keen differences. I was talking to some veterans one day, actually, I was with uh, the founder of Got Your Six Coffee, and uh, we were talking to some veterans, and they were asking me what I do, and I was talking about doing the civilian chaplain thing, and the subject came up of fighting people on drugs, and I've I've been in a pretty nasty fight protecting a, a law enforcement friend, and the guy was on uh, meth and hard alcohol, and he wasn't feeling any pain, and he felt it the next day, but he wasn't feeling it at that moment, and he was throwing four of us around like ragdolls. And as a civilian, I was going to stay out of the fight until I realized that we were all going to lose this fight. This guy, this side of getting shot, this guy was not going to stop. And um, nobody wants to kill this guy, right? And so when I was talking to these gentlemen that had served in the military, they, their eyes were huge. And they looked at each other and they said, uh, with what we used to do as veterans, we would have just killed that guy. And I'm like, this is true. I said, you know, you go down a street as a cop. And somebody gestures at you like like their hand shaped like a gun and, and they're saying stuff to you. That's that's them threatening you. And in with some rules of engagement, you can shoot them in the military. You can't do that in law enforcement. So there's definitely some differences there. Um, you can't go into someone's house without a warrant in the United States. Um, I mean, there are, there is actually a handful of reasons you can, but we have, we have the constitution and our rights and our reasoning. It's not a war zone. And, and thank God for the veterans who, who do fight these wars for us so that we don't have to fight them on our own soil, or we would be doing this. We would be fighting these wars on our own soil. And it would be many people that would have to rise up to the challenge and actually fight these battles here. So thank God for our veterans, but it's definitely a different set of rules of engagement. The discipline, a lot of guys who are military, they, they can come out of the military with a lot of discipline. Um, I've seen guys who do an amazing job of keeping their uniform in good shape, who are veterans. 
I see guys who, um, uh, one guy, you want him as backup in a fight. I mean, he is a human wrecking ball. If, if your life's in danger, he's there to protect you. Um, that's fantastic. But, you know, he didn't learn his EVOC driving skills in the military. Um, he didn't learn, um, he definitely didn't learn any kind of de-escalation or anything like that when he was in the military. He was a mediator. And so you've got all these different aspects of things that are and aren't present. Now, that said, there are guys and gals that are coming out of military law enforcement. And I've seen the law enforcement community make some fun of that. Um, some of the guys and gals I've met that are coming out of the military uh, with a law enforcement background, they actually they're dealing with drugs and and every single person that they have to deal with is a trained killer. Um, they're dealing with people who are straight up uh, potentially dangerous people capable of, of, of violence and uh, trained to be violent. And so um, the handful of people in the military that make it necessary for the law for there to be a law enforcement element of the military, um, those folks that do that job, a lot of times they are very well suited to leave the military law enforcement world and come over into come over into law enforcement. And I have seen a lot of amazing veterans that have come in. And I, it's one of those things that it's more about who you are in closing. It's more about who you are than where you come from. I've seen people come off the street with no background at all. And uh, there's a young officer that I do a lot of work with that he's 21. He's extremely squared away and he is a good cop already. And he's, he's already holding his own in the law enforcement world and gaining respect at a very young age. And, you know, for those of you who are listening, who don't think about this, or, or maybe the ladies listening, a man runs on respect the way that a car runs on fuel. A woman needs to feel loved. We talked about this in a prior podcast about relationships and a woman needs to feel loved. A woman runs on the feeling of love the way that a car runs on fuel. Well, a man's world depends on respect. And when when a young guy can be in his early 20s and be competent and doing a good job and getting respect from his peers already, that's a great feeling for him. But you have to work two and three times as hard at that age to get respect because people go, yeah, you're, you're just a young buck. I don't know if I want to listen to you. And, there, and in fairness, there's reasons for that. We have sayings like the folly of youth for a reason, but I've seen young guys come in off the street that are 20, 21 years old. They're young enough to be my kids and they are squared away cops. And I'm like, this is awesome. And they don't have anything to prove. They don't have an ax to grind. And that's the biggest thing. And we're going to talk about this in another podcast, but you personally, if you're thinking about going into law enforcement or, or someone's talking to you about going into law enforcement, if you're getting into the law enforcement world or thinking about getting into the law enforcement world and you have an ax to grind, that's a problem. You don't want to be getting into that world with an ax to grind. Uh, if you have something to prove, so you have to prove that you're tougher than that person or, you know, that, that you, there's a difference between coming from a background where there was abuse or something and you're like, I want to be there to protect other people, but having dealt with your demons, uh, because if you don't, I can tell you it will affect the way that you do law enforcement. And so it's one thing to be like, Hey, I, I want to get out there and I want to help people. And my dad was a, a domestic abuser 
um, as long as you understand that not every relationship is the relationship that your that your parents had. I've literally seen people that it took them a while to realize that there is such a thing as a woman who can be a domestic abuser and they had a bias and a set of blinders on. And so who you are is going to matter at least as much uh, as whether or not you were a veteran. Um, I, do I think, again, to recap, that it, it should ever be a requirement that you have to be a veteran to go into law enforcement? No. Do I think that it can be a boon to you? Absolutely. But you have to make sure that you're not getting into it for the adrenaline rush because you could find yourself, you could find yourself um, escalating a situation unnecessarily. I talked to an officer years ago who told me, he said, I realized that I was actually trying to get people to run from me. I would set up situations. He said, I realized I was doing it because I, I loved that adrenaline rush and I realized I was addicted to adrenaline. And I'm like, oh, oh, and he said, I would leave the person room to physically run from me or I would or I would give them an opportunity to flee in the car. And he said, I realized I was young. I was stupid. I was an adrenaline addict. And he said, I realized I was endangering other people because this guy could take a hostage when he's running. This guy could guy or gal, right, could flee in their vehicle and die or even more so they could flee in their vehicle and kill someone else. I could get hurt or killed. And he said, I realized that my being an adrenaline junkie wasn't helping anything at all. I was actually causing myself a lot of heartache. And um, and he realized he needed to take a step back. For some people who have become adrenaline junkies, and this will be a part of a topic for another episode, but they've had to take a step back and realize they either need to change their mindset or they need to change their career path because that's not for them. They, they realize that that being an adrenaline junkie and that type of a job where you want to actually de-escalate is not healthy or good. So guys, I'm going to press out. So this is a quick episode. My last episode was the better part of an hour, but I did get a very, very, uh, a very nice reply from uh, a young officer saying, thank you for that podcast. It challenged him. And that feeds the bulldog. That makes me want to make more episodes. And uh, that really did touch my heart uh, to hear that that episode had blessed him and some of the reasons why. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to pray us out. So, uh, dearly Father, I ask that you protect every officer and every family that's listening to this, that you would guide them again, bless them and protect them, Lord God, that it, when there's danger that you'd cause the bad guy to stumble and fall, that you'd literally bend the bullets around them, Lord God. We're coming up into a season, as of the recording of this podcast, we're leaving the Thanksgiving season, we're entering the Christmas season, and we still don't know, Lord God, at this moment who our president's going to be, and there's a lot of a lot of things up in the air, there's a lot of fear, and I just ask for peace for the officers that hear this podcast. I give you the honor and the glory. I thank you for the opportunity that you've given me to speak to your people about you and to bless those who serve beside the badge. Lord God, I thank you in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Sheep dogs, I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. 